Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to a new week. It's Monday in December. I believe it's the last Monday in December. But actually, as I say that, I know that I'm wrong. Um, Today is the 19th. Uh, There is a Monday after Christmas, so it is not the last Monday in December. But it is the last Monday before Christmas, which means um, the malls are crowded. Some people still go to the mall. Um, I've noticed this because I, there's a mall near where I work and sometimes I'll go in and I'll grab a, a hoagie or a slice of pizza and um, the malls have certainly been more crowded. People getting pictures of their pets taken with Santa, just all kinds of hodgepodge going on, you know, and the same thing goes on with the pirates, lots of hodgepodge. Now, I made a comment last night when I was at work and I saw Connor Joe that I like this move, you know, it's a positive move. The guy has some professional at-bats, and he's got a positive war. Now, is the guy a superstar? No. You know, he was um, drafted in 2014 by the Pirates. He's only accumulated about 600 at-bats since then. But they're nice at-bats. You know, they liked him in Colorado. The fans liked him. He's sort of a spark plug, nice guy kind of guy. Now, the reason that I like the move, and this is something that Man, I think most Pittsburgh Pirates fans, or at least the fanboys, really don't understand how baseball works. And it's not necessarily their fault, you know? They are pinning all of their hopes on a bunch of prospects changing a team and making the major leagues. In fact, Anthony Murphy, who um, I was just checking out his website, he's a writer for Pirates Prospects. He spends so much time editing video. Like, I can't even imagine how much time this guy spends editing video of pretty much everybody in the Pirates system. And that included a guy named Nick Garcia, who we traded last night for Connor Joe. Now, here's the part that I really try to get people to understand. And as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, you don't understand this most of the time. Is that if there's a trade... And one side is getting an actual player who's been in the major leagues, especially who has a positive war. And the other side is a prospect or a group of prospects. The side that's getting the actual player wins the trade at least 80% of the time. I was thinking it was 75%. It's at least 80% of the time. I was checking this thing out on, um, uh, on the internet the other day, and it was basically saying, you know, best trades and stuff like that. And in none of these trades did the team getting the prospects actually make out. It's very rare. Um, Now, the reason that I think people like to focus on it is because there's one team that's pretty good at it. Um, The Tampa Bay Rays are pretty good at identifying the right guys and then, um, you know, helping those guys along to where they get to the major leagues And actually do well, you know, whether it's in the bullpen or whether it's, you know, one of their position players or whatnot. Tampa Bay Rays are just, they do their own thing and they're very good at it. You know, nobody else is even close to doing what the Rays do. Um, Unless maybe you want to count Cleveland in there with what they did last year and with what Cleveland does with young pitchers. Which is the reason why that um, no-hitting catcher that we got from Cleveland Uh, should be a decent addition because he's caught some really good pitchers in Cleveland because Cleveland always has good pitchers. But I regress there. You know, my point is that 
Um, occasionally, you'll have the team getting the prospects win. Um, when the Pittsburgh Pirates traded Tyler Glasnow, and I say that Tyler Glasnow because the rest of the guys in that trade, even though they were hyped up at the time, none of the rest of the guys really have done anything. So it was mainly just Glasnow for the veteran pitcher that we got. Um, there was a guy named Shane Baz. I don't know if he's going to make the major leagues, but his elbow was in really bad shape, you know? So, you know, it's he's just another one of these guys that was hyped up to be like the greatest pitcher of all time. And we may never even see him pitch effectively in the major leagues. Um, another guy was an outfielder that we had already been playing. And that's the thing about Glasnow. He had already been playing. So these weren't just pure prospects. Um, he was pretty good for a couple years and then cooled off a lot the last couple years. And then some other dude, you know. So we didn't really lose a lot in that trade, prospect capital-wise, because prospects are very, very highly, almost never make the major leagues, uh, at least make an impact on the major leagues. Uh, When Brian Reynolds was in the Pittsburgh Pirates system, there was at least 10 other guys at any given time that people like Anthony Morgan would swear that were more intriguing, you know, more likely to make it to the major leagues and be successful. Everybody's intriguing. You know, even this guy Nick Garcia was intriguing. Everybody, they're all intriguing. This is the point, you know. Every single prospect is intriguing because it's a human being that has spent their life playing baseball. They're probably good at something. You know, they probably have the ability to hit the ball a mile like a Mason Martin. They might have the ability to throw a really wicked off-speed pitch um, like the guy that we just cut that we got from the Yankees in a trade. But, uh, yeah, you were a or whatnot. But are they able to put it together and actually become a major league player? I mean, the odds are against it. Why do you think good teams use the Pittsburgh Pirates as their minor league system. Because you don't know until that guy actually gets out there and plays whether he's going to make it. But the odds are so far against it. Anytime you can trade a Nick Garcia for an actual player, you know, somebody who's actually played in the major leagues and has an actual war, you're going to win that trade, you know, most of the time. And that's why I said... We should have just kept Ben Gamble in the first place because you never want to lose. If you're the Pittsburgh Pirates, you never want to lose guys that are actual veterans that have more than a thousand at bats and a positive war. Um, So losing two guys this offseason, even though the fanboys might not like them, and even though in your warped mind, you might think that some prospect is better than these guys, they likely aren't. Um, Ben Gamble and Kevin Newman were losses to a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, it might not be a loss to the Dodgers. It might not be a loss to the Phillies, who will just go out and get somebody else. But to a team like the Pirates, to actually have a veteran player out of all of these hodgepodge of prospects, who's actually doing well, putting up a positive war. In the case of Kevin Newman, very reliable defender. I've even seen him dive for balls and make nice plays, you know. But he also makes all the plays. There was a year where he nary made one error the entire year. And it got him a lot of accolades, you know, across baseball. Because at the shortstop position, 
you want someone who's going to be reliable, particularly if you're a good team and you're in the playoffs and you have a lead and you're trying to protect it later in the game. So yeah, Kevin Newman was a nice pickup by the Reds, but they lost Kyle Farmer, who was also a nice player. You know, So they kind of just spun their wheels. The Pittsburgh Pirates lost Kevin Newman, and they're hoping that um, a guy with 400 at-bats, uh, Rodolfo Castro, is going to be as good as Newman, even though he hits for a better power, you know, even though you may think he's more exciting. Um, it's highly unlikely, you know, it's, it's maybe not highly, but it's definitely unlikely that Rodolfo Castro is going to put together a better career than Kevin Newman, because Newman's already put a couple gears in. He's probably going to get at least 400 at-bats this year with um, the Cincinnati Reds. And although the Cincinnati ballpark doesn't really help a doubles player like Kevin Newman, because you actually have a smaller outfield, it's a bit of a bandbox, um, I think Kevin Newman will probably hit around 280 there. He'll probably get his doubles in. He's never going to hit a lot of home runs, and he's not a speedy guy. He's just a valuable guy to have on your team. Because he's a guy that is established in the major leagues that has a positive war. Now, Ben Gamble had some value. Who else are we going to play in the outfield? Do you ever, did you even pay attention to the guys we were playing in the outfield last year? Half of the guys weren't outfielders, you know? We had um, Cole Tucker in the outfield at one time. We had... Um, Diego Castillo in the outfield. We were playing all kinds of guys in the outfield that weren't outfielders. And the one guy that was pretty steady all year, maybe he got hurt for a short period of time, but the guy who was pretty steady all year was Ben Gamble. And the fanboy media like NS9, they will be like, oh, good thing we got rid of Ben Gamble. We don't want a guy like that blocking the prospects. I mean, this is the kind of warped, fucked up thinking that the Pittsburgh Pirates fans have now because they're always they're I guess they're always fooled into thinking that their most talented players are in double A every single time, you know, Altoona is where the, this is the future, you know, <laughs> the guys in Altoona. And they're minor league players, you know. Most likely there's one or two things that they that they just can't get right that are going to prevent them from making it in the major leagues. You know, 90% of those guys ain't going to make it in the major leagues. And it's probably higher than that. But again, I'm focusing on like top 30 prospects or whatnot. 90% of the top 30 prospects are never going to make it in the major leagues. And yet, the fanboys are like, oh, we don't want to lose that guy. He's intriguing, you know. Anthony Morgan's like, I spent a lot of time on that guy, you know. I was really intrigued by him. And I get it. If I was Anthony Morgan and I was studying the Pirates' prospects all the time and getting to know them, you know, I'd like them too. But it still takes you away from the reality that actual baseball players, you know, I mean, look at the Chicago Cubs. They had one of the better records in the league last year because they kept Wilson Contreras and, you know, they had some veterans. Um, Marcus Stroman started to get healthy. They had one of the better records in the year last year, in the second half of the year. And we know that the Pirates had the worst record in the second half of the year. And there's still some fanboys that think that, the, and particularly Cody, 
thinks that the Pirates have a chance to be better than the Cubs at some point. Well, there's no way that's going to happen, you know? First of all, Dansby Swanson is a better player than O'Neill Cruz. Now, is Cruz going to develop? Maybe, you know? But, I mean, the guy only has like 400 major league at-bats. We have no idea what he's going to do. He struck out in 43% of those at-bats. Think about that. Now, he hits the ball really hard, as does that guy in Cincinnati that got off to a great start. Most home runs ever in the first month, you know, and then just really went in the toilet and never really became a good player. At least that guy's a good defender. O'Neill Cruz is not a good defender anywhere on the diamond. He would probably be an apt first baseman because he's tall and he could catch the ball, I would think. He's just not good at throwing the ball. And he's not particularly good at catching all the ground balls either. Um, and so I don't think he's a good outfielder. You know, I know he's a 30 error a year shortstop. Dansby Swanson is a very reliable shortstop. Why do you think the Cubs paid all that money to get him? He's reliable and he's just coming into his own. And he had a 5.7 war this year. We don't know if O'Neill Cruz will ever put together a 5.7 war. The odds are against it, to be frank. You know, he's got a lot to work on. But we're so fooled as Pittsburgh Pirates fans into thinking that these guys that are intriguing, these guys that have tools, you know, these guys that are good athletes are somehow going to put it together and be able to play 162 games and be one of the regular players in the major leagues. You know, I've said it before. Most of these guys and the fanboys think I'm crazy for saying that most of these top 30 guys are never going to be as good as Ben Gamble. A large majority of them are never even going to become what Ben Gamble has become. You know, someone who's able to put together 400 at bats year after year and be a, an above um, replacement level player or at least a replacement level player. I mean, Ben Gamble is slightly better than um, Chavis. You know, I, I just think that Chavis has too many holes in his swing and not enough super duper power to really be an above um, average major league player at any position because you could stick him at second base, but there's a lot of second basemen out there that are just better than him. You know, it's not that he's going to kill you defensively at second base. It's just that he's not a good enough hitter. You know, he still chases those high balls, still swings at a lot of a lot of breaking balls outside. He's just not good enough. But even Michael Chavis is better than a vast majority of the Pirates' top 30 prospects because that's just the way it works, my friends. You know, very few of these guys, and I'll throw a bunch of you knows in there so NS9 knows what I'm talking about because they probably don't. These guys are total idiots. But they just got sucked into what the Pirates sell, I think, you know. They think that some prospect in the Pirates' top 10 is going to be better than Kevin Newman. And they're most likely dead wrong about that. You know, Newman is coming into his prime. He's a guy that could be a three-war guy and, you know, maybe give you 500 at-bats. And he'd be doing that with solid defense, um, a good amount of doubles, and if he bats like 280, 290, you know, he's going to be a solid war guy. But they hate Kevin Newman. I mean, he did have one really bad year at the plate. 
and he doesn't have any power. You know, so I can understand why people don't like him. But this is the problem with most Pittsburgh Pirates fans. You love all the prospects and you hate all the players. And you have no idea how big of a loss Brian Reynolds is going to be. I don't care what kind of a prospect package you get for him. You're not going to replace Brian Reynolds. You got lucky one time in trading um, Andrew McCutcheon. And we got Brian Reynolds back. Who? What other players have we gotten back in a trade that have panned out? We don't know that um, Jack Sawinski is going to pan out. We don't know that O'Neill Cruz is going to pan out, although he has the best chance just because of that power. We don't know that Rodolfo Castro is going to pan out. And I think he came through our system anyway as an international signing. I don't remember getting him in a trade. But none of these guys, you know, once in a blue moon, you might get someone back like the Tampa Bay Rays got Glasnow or the Pittsburgh Pirates got Brian Reynolds, you know. Do you see the excitement now around Diego Castillo and Hoy Park? No. At the time the deal was made, were the fanboys excited about Diego Castillo and Hoy Park? They were coming their panties. Hoy Park, great player in AAA. Um, They chant hoy, hoy, hoy at the minor league games. Boy, what a great pickup he is. And... We get Diego Castillo as well, you know, guys who, who's hit well in the major league, in the minor leagues. Now, forget about he was a seven-year minor league free agent, and he was never good enough to make the Yankees squad. They felt like Diego Castillo was a big catch. Well, Diego Castillo put together a negative war last year. He did hit some home runs, but I think only 11 of them. They threw him all over the field. It's not likely. Well, I'll tell you right now, Diego Castillo is never going to be as good as Kevin Newman. And I'm not saying that Kevin Newman is any great shakes. I'm just trying to bang this idea into your head. And I don't think Anthony will ever understand. I don't know that Ted will ever understand. I trust that um, Cody Patanco probably gets it. He's a smart guy. You know, Um, I think all those guys are smart guys. But I just think that Ted... And um, Anthony are just completely sucked into the Pittsburgh Pirates fanboy attitude of these young prospects are the way to go if you're building a team. And it's not the way to go. You know, you want to have a a couple of prospects available in case your veterans go down. And there's some teams that are very good at that. The Cardinals, um, the Dodgers. Teams usually have, you know, Good teams that have someone in the minor leagues that's ready to come up. The Braves. But you cannot build a whole team on hope. On the hope of a top 10 list. Maybe one of those guys, if you're lucky, maybe two of those guys is going to become a major league player. The other eight guys are probably not likely to be even as good as Ben Gamel. And that's my point today. You know, you you probably don't understand it. Every other team understands it. The Cubs fans understand it. You think the Cubs give a damn if they trade away their third round pick in 2020 to get an actual player 
And I'm not saying that Connor Joe is any great shakes, but just a guy who's played in the major leagues, you know? The Cubs' number five pitcher had a better year statistically than Rowanzi Contreras last year. And he was also young. So it's just the way of thinking about the Pittsburgh Pirates is just effed up. And it's idiots like Tim Williams who have sort of put this culture out there to make you think that there's a possibility that we can build a team on prospects. When we had a winning team in 2014, 2015, most of those guys weren't prospects. A few of them were. You know, we had the Pittsburgh kid. You know, we had um, McCutcheon. We had a couple international guys come up. Polanco didn't work out, but Marte did. But most of those guys were veteran guys that he just picked up. You know, they were guys like um, grilled cheese. It was all about the bullpen, right? And we also picked up a couple veteran pitchers like A.J. Burnett and guys like that. You know, reclamation guys. It wasn't a team slapped together of prospects. I mean, like I told you in 2014, we had the number one prospect team in the major leagues. We didn't put a team together out of that. You can't put a team together out of all prospects. If you're really good at finding prospects in a particular country, like the Cleveland Guardians, then you can do it. But you don't think Tampa Bay holds on to their guys? Tampa Bay has has a um, payroll of twice what we have. They hold on to plenty of guys. On the Tampa Bay Rays 40-man roster, 18 of them are over 30, right? They value veterans. It's the only way you can win. Who cares if you trade Nick Garcia, you know? I mean, really, it really doesn't matter, you know? And it's hard for a guy like Anthony to understand that because he studies these guys and he's intrigued by all of these guys because they're all intriguing. But how many of them are going to be professionals? Very few, a scant few. Enjoy your week. Peace out.